Welcome to the Noir Professionals. I'm Sam. And I'm Siobhan. And today we are going to have a guest on, so it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about romance today. We're going to wrap up this series that we've been doing pretty much. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the last couple of shows we've done have all been about romance. Like last week we did, did we do cuffing season last week? We or, did do oh, cuffing no, season. Current events. No, it was current. Oh, it was current events and then cuffing season. Yes. Yes. And so before that was cuffing season. Before that was dating in 2019, how to navigate that whole deal. And before that, I think we talked um, about something relationships. I don't know. You guys go back and listen to it. So (laughs) today. (laughs) Check the audio. (laughs) Check the available episodes (laughs) and then tell me when I lied. But we do want to, we wanted, our goal was to have at October, Siobhan, right, be a yes. um, month dedicated to talking about romance. So we have, for the first time in our his, short history of a podcast, we're going to get a male's perspective. Yes, how, very interesting. Yeah, on how romance looks when you're dating interracially, when you're dating interethnically, whatever you want to call it. And... um yeah, so let's let's jump right into that and um, get started. So, Mike, let me introduce you. Mike is um, someone we met, Siobhan and I both, in an AMBW group. So that for you folks who haven't listened to episode zero, Asian male black women group. And um, it was maybe it was a dating group or it was just a, a casual conversational group. And we... He, he plays the piano. He plays the piano quite well. Like he is yes. a very good piano player. So there's some videos out there, maybe, I don't know if they're public, Mike, but of him playing the piano. And he sings. And he sings. So he does these things outside of doing his public service job, which we won't go into, but just say like he has that spirit of excellence in helping others so definitely a great guy to have on the show and have this discussion with because ladies this is the kind of guy you want to run into on the streets <laughs> <laughs> well that was I definitely a glowing, a, mine. A, glowing a glowing introduction it really was yes thank you so mike you want to tell us a little bit about yourself i mean i did what i know about you but that's probably bias so what can you tell us about you um, well, uh, right now I work in the mental health sector and a lot of what I do, I facilitate groups discussing ways to get well and stay well for long periods of time, um, with the hopes of, you know, staying well for in- indefinite amounts of time. And I Excellent. Things, yeah, I approach things from a non-medical model. So while I don't tell people whether or not to take medication for mental health reasons, if someone makes the choice to take medication, my stance is that is one among many, many other ways to feel better. Oh, that's a really nice response. Mike, I think we kind of work in the same field, so I definitely like your thought pattern and approach to that. So we won't have you talk too long about your job, because obviously we all want to know about a male perspective on dating. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right in and just ask, have you always dated interracially? Uh, yes. How do you think, you know, people come about dating interracially? You wake up one day and you're like, oh, I think today I'm just going to date outside of my race. I don't think that's how it happens. I think it's like, you know, I I actually thought about this show on the way home today. And I was just like, you know, how 
how do we approach a subject such as dating interracially, which is a subject and a theme, Siobhan, and I have said, I think, on numerous episodes, specifically with um, black women because of the ratio to men and how we have really no choice anymore statistically, but to venture outside of our own race. And and how that looks and how, how, how you accept that idea and that concept. I think that's a totally different conversation. So what we're asking and what I'm wondering and what Siobhan's wondering, I think, is how did you become like attracted to other people outside of your race? Like when was that catalyst? Was it in middle school? Because for me, I think I've said before, my first Asian guy that I dated was in the mm-hmm. fifth grade. I remember. And so I have, I think, always been open to the idea of dating interracially, interethnically. So um, what about you? Well, actually, um, I've always dated interracially, always, like my whole life. Actually, it wasn't until my early 20s I made a short-lived decision to date just Asian women. I went through a kind of pro-Asian phase, I guess you can call it. Wait, let's talk about that. What's 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 pro Asian? What's the, what does that mean? Really just no. Yeah, I haven't really put much thought into what <laughs> pro Asian means to me. Just like kind of about self love and loving my own community and mm-hmm. just being a part of it. Because uh, mm-hmm. for most of my life, I was um, actually outside of um, uh, any predominant Asian community. Just the way I was raised and from a young age. But uh, it was a short-lived um, uh, pro-Asian phase, and um, uh, eventually married my ex-wife when I was 25, and she's also mixed herself. She has black and white parents. It's me. Yeah. So that's interesting, because one of the things that um, that I as I venture into dating interracially, and it's not, you know, I'm trying not to like just pick on you because you're certainly not the representative of all Asian males in the world. Mm -hmm. But one of the things with dating interracially that I've noticed is there's always this sense of tradition or um, community, and that is like the barrier to making a, relationship work like it's the friends it's the family it's the society as a whole you know um for example I'll say I dated and and I'm just gonna say I dated a white guy before Mm -hmm. and he he thought everyone was looking at us all the time you know Mm -hmm. because he was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. himself you know with dating interracially that he couldn't quite grasp the concept that you know it's okay you know, to date outside of your race. And that doesn't mean like everyone is looking at you. Everyone is staring at you. So he had those struggles um, while he was going to, while we were dating. So that was like a thing, you know, for him. Yeah, right. Did did you ever encounter that? Like, have you ever felt uncomfortable in this time that you have been interracially dating? It's kind of interesting um, uh, because actually when I, when I was, um, uh, married to my ex-wife she's black and white and to me she that means she's just as much white as she is black but mm-hmm. um there are people who looked at her and they they kind of 
considered her black i would say it's just okay so for example i'd be walking in the street in public with my ex-wife and black men would comment to their black partners saying as if to cheer them up cheer, cheer them up see there's an asian guy who's dating a black woman and i thought in my head the whole time well like i didn't <laughs> it was just i didn't really get that so it's like categorizing right. people right um right. so when i'm with my son who mm-hmm. Uh, actually, he appears more mixed with white than black. Right. So, mm-hmm. interestingly, like, so a lot of strange uh, white women would approach me and my son <laughs> and start chatting <laughs> us up. And I find that really uh-huh. weird and uh-huh. sometimes annoying because I, I don't know who these women are. And uh, at the same time, there are some black women who look at uh-huh. my son and I'm like looking at them and you know want to smile or something and they kind of look <laughs> at my son but with a scowl or like a grimace oh, not no. all of them but you know it's interesting yeah. you know I, uh, the yeah. different reactions I get uh, right yeah but you know yeah. I, whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> well look, I, for me though in my experience I didn't notice anything he noticed and mm. I think too it's like and I, and I thought about this. I thought about this while dating interracially. For mm-hmm. me, I never notice anyone else and what they think or how they're looking at me or what. I, honestly, I never notice. I never. And even if I'm alone and I, let's mm-hmm. say I'm alone and I'm in a predominantly white situation or a predominantly Asian situation, I don't. I'm like so naive to that kind of thing. Like I just. Mm-hmm. I have on those blinders, I guess, because while he was saying, oh, he's looking at us and he kept pointing out, I was so annoyed by it because mm. I'm like, oh, you people are only looking because that's the scope that you're looking at. Right. Of course, I didn't date him anymore because I'm like, obviously, you have an issue, you know, mm. and while I think you do want to discover and explore this, I don't want to be your test dummy. Mm. So uh, for yeah, me, that's, you know, sorry, go on. Yeah. No, that's fine. And so that's kind of how I feel. When dealing in the A and B W community, sometimes too, mm-hmm. because it seems like they're the sometimes guys in the community, not so much like organic, like me mm-hmm. just walking and seeing an Asian guy and we just chat each other up. Mm-hmm. But in the A and B W community, sometimes I think people are there because they're interested to see how it feels or what it feels like, and they're not actually secure yet mm-hmm. with the whole concept of dating a black woman mm-hmm. um most people i don't know if most people are you mm-hmm. know so th- that's funny you say that because actually um i think it's a good segue into talking about my first experience dating a black woman um so a- mm-hmm. actually this was back in um high school so she was a high school girl i was a high school boy and mm-hmm. um she was standing alone and and, and we were uh a bit apart we were waiting for our classes to start and I approached her we started talking and I asked her if she wanted to watch a movie hang out sometime something like that so we ended up watching a movie together and um, uh, I didn't notice anything either mm-hmm. but l- like how what you were saying but she expressed mm-hmm. uh, discomfort with all these black guys looking at us and I didn't notice oh, anything yeah. and oh, she right. pointed out this black guy walking in front of us and I, I mean he appeared so, like somewhat cheerful in demeanor and mm-hmm. this young looking guy and I didn't really know what she was talking about at the time <laughs> so it, it was right. it was kind of um, yeah I, I, I do relate to what you're saying right it's kind of weird because it makes you question um, the entire deal you know it, it makes you question 
that person that you're with Mm -hmm. and how they are, you know, taking the, the, the whole relationship, you know, like I know that there isn't a lot of AMBW couples in the world. If we just want to focus on who's on the line right now, you know, you have a black, two black women and a, an Asian male. So let's just focus on that. There's not, <laughs> there's so there's not a lot of AMBW or Asian male black women couples in the world. And I, and I just wonder, like that's even because it's such a minority inside of a minority, inside of a minority, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many trials and things to overcome, I think, in dealing with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. for y'all folks out there. So two minorities dating each other is already a minority, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you have these two minorities and then you have on top of the two minorities dating each other um, in the romance world, it is like a unicorn almost to see mm. an A and B W couple. So there's another minority inside of a minority. And mm-hmm. so now that couple may have a whole nother complexity and layer mm. of, um, I think, mm, would you say mm, uncomfortability to navigate outside of their own personal cultural differences. They still have the societal differences, which mm. is a, is a, is a whole nother point. So, Siobhan, what do you think? Um, I had some technical difficulties. So if you guys don't mind just repeating the question, because I have no idea <laughs> what oh, you guys we were, were just talking, talking about. about. We were just talking about having an AMBW couple. So you have AMBW couple and them being a minority inside of a minority inside of a minority. So you have like the whole interracial com- complex thing by itself, you know, dating outside of your race in a society that is what we're post 50 years of even being 50 or 60 years of even being able to marry interracially legally, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here we have, this is a whole new thing. Like there our parents, when our parents were growing up, you couldn't even marry interracially. They couldn't even do it legally. It uh, It was illegal. So it's within this generation that interracial coupling and, and marriages has even become a thing yeah, so like, okay yeah that's yeah. yeah speaking historically like even in um canada where i live um um historically like if an asian man oh first of all asian men were not allowed to bring wa- wives their wives from asia and then if an asian man wanted to marry say a white woman he would lose his citizenship interestingly if he wanted to marry in a, a uh, like a black woman like a non-white woman not only would he lose his citizenship but she would also lose her citizenship in in canada yeah historically get out oh yeah <laughs> Why did you know that? Mm. No, I didn't know that. And so mm. I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. So if an Asian man and a non-white woman got married, they would lose their Canadian citizenship? Yeah, both of them. Or was wow. it in the States? Or if not in the States, then definitely it was Canada. No, in the States, like Sammy said, we had the loving family and they were the Mm. one that fought for their right to be married and, you know, for it Mm. to be something legal. But prior to that, it was very hush hush. Like if it was something that you were doing, like it was kind Mm. of we're going to go up north and engage in that type of behavior. But in the south, absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. I'm not sure I can't speak to the West Coast, but I know over here that was definitely 
not um, something that we did. I know, like, I have family members. I have interracial family members. Mm. And my grandmother actually came up from the South to the North because of this. So, Mm. yeah, it's definitely not something that was highly regarded. Hmm. And then now now we, I guess, legally we're allowed to um, marry and have relationships interracially. But um, we still have these difficulties, you know, because social pressures stereotyping that that um certain uh, racialized groups get yeah what i think is really interesting is and i'm not going to speak for everyone i'm only going to mm-hmm. speak for myself obviously but i feel like in the united states sometimes we think that like extreme racism and colorism is like such an american thing i feel like when i go to other countries i feel like no one is giving me a hard time because I'm a black woman. So to mm. hear that in Canada, they have these same issues, that's very interesting to me. Mm. Um, I know before I got cut off, we were talking about interracial dating, like being a choice. For me, deciding to join that whole Asian male black woman group, mm-hmm. that was definitely a conscious choice that I made. Mm-hmm. My best friend's actually married to a Chinese man. And she was like, mm-hmm. Siobhan, you should try like the AMBW. She sent me all these articles and like facts because <laughs> that's oh. how my friends are. We're very factual. So she was like, you should try this because statistically this mm-hmm. might be something that works out for you. So I had to right, say, yeah. okay. That actually, yeah, it was a very conscious decision for me too. Yeah, because I was yeah. like, I, I never thought about it. Um, I mm-hmm. grew up in a town that was mainly Italian. And then everybody kind of had like their own subgroups. So I did have a Korean good friend. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, all the Asian kids hung out together. All the white kids hung out together. And yeah, like the black and too, Latino yeah. students hung out together. Exactly, yeah. yeah, here too. Yeah. It's very so that's, cliquey. Yes, exactly. Amongst so, like the different... Um, communities right like the ethnic and racial communities right which is unfortunate Mm -hmm. um so i actually did not come into interracially dating as far as asian men are concerned until i was into my 30s um when i was younger though i would be like if somebody's going to treat me right i'm going to be interested in giving them an opportunity um Mm -hmm. have you always been involved specifically with black women or did you date all types of women that were not from an Asian background. Um, yeah. So I guess okay. Even while while I was dating and engaged to my now ex wife, um, I I, w- I still had that interest um, for towards dark skinned black women. Um, mm. But yeah. you know that's funny mm. because in in China and mm-hmm. Africa we're mm. seeing some interracial marriages as far as AMBW, Asian male, black woman, increasing in Africa mm-hmm. um, because we were seeing some migration there mm-hmm. from China. I think that's right. Yeah, like businesses. Yes, it is from China, yeah. Construction yep. workers and things like that, yeah. Yep. And so they are actually dating the dark-skinned black mm-hmm. women. And mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be ignorant could say there's no light-skinned women in Africa mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm sure there is mm-hmm. but right. you know to have when I see these posts and when I see the if the you know um, articles that are coming out about mm-hmm. this phenom that's happening right now in Africa um, it's dark-skinned women and in the AMBW community here in the states mm-hmm. there is a 
a red line. I think you will hear all the time that Asian men don't like dark skinned women. Hmm. Am I right? Am I right, Siobhan? Like you hear it all the time. Absolutely. And like my take on it is I'm so interested. So Hmm. a couple of things that everyone touched base. So I also came across an article. I will try to find it for everyone so that I can link it in the show notes. But what I was seeing was that, yes, there is an increase in Chinese men coming to Africa and having children with the women, but Mm -hmm. they're not staying. Like, they're doing it because there's some type of interest in the Mm -hmm. country, and so they want to have children there that are, like, know the culture, know the language. So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if those relationships are sincere. And my next question is, Mm -hmm. what is your interest in dark-skinned women? Because I feel like in this community, and Sam and I have talked about this amongst ourselves and on the mm-hmm. podcast, I find that some of the men are not coming to these groups with um, noble intentions. It's like mm. a fetish. Mm. So mm-hmm. what is it that you identify that it has to be dark-skinned women? Like, is this mm. something sincere? Or is yeah, it something mm. like you feel like, oh, I want to try something different? Right, right. So... As you said about, like, you worded it a conscious decision, right? Yes. So, um, like, I understand how a lot of, especially young black girls, are are being raised with um, colorism, you know, preference Mm -hmm. against the dark skin. Mm -hmm. And I can, I've never really... um, articulated this before but so it's my kind of first time trying this out but uh, try it let's go let's do it so okay so um i don't know how this is going to come across okay so if we don't like it we can edit it out okay okay all right (laughs) so so for me um i can relate to that type of um preference against Mm -hmm. preference against you know like um that type of um Mm. Let's go here. So you said yeah, colorism. Okay. You growing up, I was called tar baby. These are by people are of our serious? own race. Yeah, my own race, our own race, black people, <sighs> black guys. You know, I don't want this tar baby. We don't like this dark darky. That's what they call me and the things of that nature. So we went through. I went through a lot, and that was only twenty. Let's see, maybe yeah, twenty something years ago. Mm-hmm. So we have had for a long time these issues of colorism and and Mm. darker skinned women just not getting any kind of pull or push anywhere, even in media. Mm. And that still exists today. It's very difficult for a dark skinned person to get any kind of Mm. like credit in media. And what drives other races to accept people? Media. You mm-hmm, accept mm-hmm. everything from media. You accept the the standard of beauty comes from and, media. And when they, if I can add it, when they do mm-hmm. have a uh, a that I I would argue that a lot of times if they do have a uh, the darker the woman is, they would portray them in a certain stereotypical right. way. You know. Yes. I mean, that's not correct. it's nothing wrong in and of itself. Those types of like maybe maybe a woman is more curvy, but. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. nothing in and of itself wrong with that. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's just like mm-hmm. when they're always depicting right. the darker mm-hmm. you are, the more mm-hmm. curvy you are or mm-hmm. larger or, you know, it mm-hmm. it kind of cements certain ideas in everyone who's who's mm-hmm. being exposed to that media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. The black woman is hypersexualized. Yeah. Um, and even you can see in and, our and, children. And hypermasculinized too, I would I would mm-hmm. argue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that. That's mm-hmm. something Sam and I have definitely touched on again about like mm-hmm. 
I have a problem like saying, no, I don't want to do something because I don't want to come across <laughs> as aggressive. That black woman that doesn't right. want to do, you know, mm-hmm. she's not a team player. So I definitely mm-hmm. think that that is something that is definitely a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. But for you, Michael, when it comes mm-hmm. to dating, experience has been like, so please feel free to share. Um. Oh, yeah. So speaking of the um, the stereotypical curvy black woman, right? So mm-hmm. um, before I get into my um, difficult dating experiences with mm-hmm. black women. Um, I'll just throw it out there. F- um, so, some friends that I've told, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in black women," they would tell me, "Oh, uh, they assume I like black women because I like curvy, larger women." Mm-hmm. And I I actually find this disrespectful to Asian people as well because mm-hmm. if curviness is all I like, I could date exclusively Asian women, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't know how you you two take that, but well, um, I I agree. You know, mm-hmm. like there m- media, and I was touching upon this. Media is the decision maker for so many things, whether we want to admit it or not. Because some people's like, I'm not influenced by media. I'm awake. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you woke, Sam. You woke. Yeah, I'm woke. I'm woke. But woke comes from media. That whole term mm. is a, is a is a grassroots movement that you found on somebody's page somewhere. So let's let's get real. Media mm. is mm. you know a, a very big influence on what we deem is important, what mm. we deem yeah. is good looking, what we deem is appropriate. I mean, that is what drives society as a whole. So here mm-hmm. we have in, in media, and, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, um, mm-hmm. Asian culture takes a lot of what they know about black people from media. You know, so, I was just thinking of that yeah. exactly like mm-hmm. just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and so um, if mm-hmm. we're in the media and we're portrayed as angry, aggressive, mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, like you were mm-hmm. saying, some of the darker skinned women, we ro- play roles of angry black women. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of Asian countries that are allies with the U.S. and are exposed to a lot of the mm-hmm. um, media that the U.S. is putting out there will have a certain um, perception of, mm-hmm. of, of of what you're saying of, of, of mm-hmm. the communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And area. so mm-hmm. then you fast forward and you say, well, then what do you think about black people? So I look on YouTube and you guys, I encourage you to do the same out there, our listeners. Um and they go and they interview people from South Korea, which is an ally of ours. And um, they say, would you date a black person? And they'll say, yeah, Beyonce, Rihanna. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know, Kai, I'm nowhere near Beyonce status or Rihanna status or, you know. So it's just like, that's their standard of beauty for black women. And we mm-hmm. are, like you said, such a variety. We are such a variety. I don't think any other race is like ours because we can be in so many different colors. You know, mm-hmm. um, Asian, um, the population, there are darker, you know, Cambodians, et cetera, that mm-hmm. are really darker because, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. But mm-hmm. for black people, we can be dark. We can be what we like to call really dark, you know, (laughs) we can be brown, we can be coffee, we can be light, we can be almost, you know, there's stories of black people who were born looking white, you know, but they Mm -hmm. were full black, two black Mm -hmm. parents with nappy hair, you know, so I'm just like, (laughs) 
That's interesting. <laughs> Even in Asia, we have. It, that's what I think is so interesting about um, human beings that yeah. I think a, a lot of people are ignorant of. Even in Asia, there's so much variation. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has this idea of what an Asian person's supposed to look like, you know, the small right. eyes, you know, monolid, small mm-hmm. nose, small lips. Not that there's anything wrong. Again, in and of that self, you can be a very manly man and have these features, but there are a lot of variation. You get Asian men with naturally, you know, round eyes with like, I don't know how many eyelids and big <laughs> nose, big lips. And, you know, just like it's, that's yeah. the beauty of variation, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but so, that's yeah. that's interesting because I'm like, if that's the standard, if the media is the standard of how Asian people see black women, well, we're highly misrepresented because obviously we all don't look like the ones that are in the front page of media. We are so different. So if you look at the the question, I think should be, would you date a typical black woman? You know, <laughs> would you date someone who? You know, would you date someone who, you know, like, have you ever seen a typical black woman? Because one of the things and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, in the Asian countries is it's pretty much Asian. You know, we are the immigrants. And as as black people, we're immigrants in those countries. So they're used to the way that other Asians look. You bring in a whole other culture, a whole other being is completely different. And it is a new experience is like would you date that person you know that's the question and and someone was honest and said no I don't like how they look they look their their features are too aggressive for me and I think that's fair because it goes back to what you were saying Mike you wanting to date dark-skinned women is just a preference I think that you have yeah even that like because the even a preference saying that word is a little risky as well because even preferences can be based on prejudice prejudice and racist Mm -hmm. uh, ways of thinking (laughs) so yeah so i'll talk a bit about the city i live in i actually live in one of the most multicultural cities in north america so i have the privilege of you know dating um anyone from any background so basically there are a lot of asian people here a lot of black people a lot from different parts of the world Caribbean, U.S., Canada, uh, Africa, any, you know, just we have people from everywhere here. Right. right? So, mm-hmm. so, um, so, yeah, I have um, a number of experiences trying to ask black women out. Okay. Yes. Tell us. Yeah. About okay. It. <laughs> so, so, um, I'll talk about my difficult experiences. How's that sound? Sure. You can talk about your difficult, your positive. We get a good balance of both. Just share your perspective with us and feel free to okay. be yourself. Yeah. So I think, okay, so I'll start with um, this experience. Okay. So I asked, I remember clearly, I asked this black woman out, like I ask anyone else out. I didn't treat this person. In, may, people like, oh, maybe it was the way you asked her. But I was like, I don't talk or act any differently around um anyone Anyone. you know Mm -hmm. differently any Mm -hmm. other way so i asked this black woman out okay and this was her her response was she didn't think that i could handle a black woman and over the years i thought for a long time i thought maybe she just meant by personality but uh, like i didn't know what she meant but then i thought it was even more extreme i 
I was under like I I became under the impression that it was even anatomically that I can handle. Oh, I you know what I mean? Like uh, I was too right, small. Right. Uh, right. Like it was in the mall, and I had my pants on. There's no way she could know, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm like, like, like the assumption that she made. Um, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that. so it it could it could be like blatantly racist rejection. Um, mm-hmm. I asked this um, black woman out who, okay, I don't know. <laughs> this is gonna get into a whole other uh, discussion. Okay, so she thought she thought she was naturally inclined. By DNA, genetically, mm-hmm. as a black woman to develop muscle so easily, if she decided to exercise, she would overtake me. Oh. Um, and she was dead serious about this. She wasn't being sarcastic. She was, and she was a tiny little person. She was like, literally a foot shorter than me, four feet something, skinny mm-hmm. as a pencil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was serious, like she, and wow, and that type of thinking. I, I still hear it from some people and it shocks mm-hmm. me to this day. My take on it, your first one, I think as far as the woman like alluding to you being smaller than her physically in stature, I think for Asian men, it's the same thing that we just discussed about with um, black women. Asian mm-hmm. men get stereotyped as not being masculine, as just not sexy, right? Like if you mm-hmm. see Asian men, what do you think? Like, okay, he's going to be good at math. He's going to be smart. If he's in the movie, he's the mm-hmm. like the sidekick. He's mm-hmm. going to help the guy get the girl. I mm-hmm. can speak from my personal experience. Um, and Sam, mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable to share for you, you like yours. I think for me, what I see from what that woman was saying to you is sometimes it's just within you as a woman. So, for example, I'm 5'10". So, -hmm. for me, going to, like, the Asian men, black women thing, a lot Mm -hmm. of the men are just naturally shorter than I am. And so, Mm -hmm. sometimes it becomes, like, a psyche thing. Like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to feel feminine? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to feel sexy? And all the things that are attributed as feminine when Mm -hmm. I am so much physically bigger than my man in every way Mm -hmm. i outweigh him i'm just physically bigger than him i'm taller than Mm -hmm. him so i think as women what we have to learn is i'm okay with that i'm not out here dating for everyone else i'm dating for myself i'm Mm -hmm. comfortable and confident i choose you and Mm -hmm. so sometimes Mm -hmm. that's not a reflection on you as the man but more of a reflection on the woman that she is not comfortable in herself with her Mm -hmm. choice Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. as far as the woman with the exercise, <laughs> I, I just think <laughs> women overall, they like tell us like, oh my gosh, if you lift weights, you're going to get so big. And it's just mm-hmm. like, naturally, we don't possess the testosterone for that to happen. Right. So, it, it, we got a lot of myths, you know, like that extra yeah. the extra muscle in our thighs and all this. <laughs> but what's but, your thoughts on that, Sam? You know, I'm going to bring up Lisa. I'm going to bring up Lisa Ray and what she said um, okay. months ago when she said, and, and I think she's, it was like a line in her book, I don't know, but it went viral when she said that um, she doesn't understand why Asian men and black women aren't dating more uh, because statistically, the two of us are the lowest of the low when it comes to romance. And this right. is what blows my, and this is statistic. Like we talked about in our show, Navigating Dating in 2019, we gave facts on, you know, um, 
the way black women are seen on dating sites like we are the lowest one scored everyone shoots us out like I think it was an outrageous number like 90% of Asian and white men um, when they're doing their profile immediately mark off no black women okay that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous and then when we were looking at who's the most attractive it was not black women, obviously. I think like mm-hmm. when I was looking at a study and I can link back to it in our show notes, but it was like 13% of people thought black women were actually attractive and um, of men rather. And that is sad. And likewise, those numbers for Asian men in the populace, which I don't understand why we don't come together you know because for me personally I think Asian men black women are gorgeous and I've always thought that and I've but it goes back to what we were saying earlier it's about the individual Siobhan you knocked it out um if you're not comfortable with yourself then you can't be comfortable dating in an uncomfortable situation because you don't even like yourself enough mm-hmm, yourself, to be comfortable right. in that yeah i think absolutely yeah i think you bring up a good point like these ideas we have of ourselves are so ingrained mm-hmm. right like like imagine like there there are there are a lot of tall asian women who are 510 and naturally physically inclined and they too are ingrained with the idea that oh i can't date within my um racial background because you know there's no tall asian guys around but how did i mean but you're tall so i mean how did where did that thinking come from so it brings Mm -hmm. to another point which um, i think is interesting is like so i have i have a bunch of you know i think it's very normal asian guys six feet and up taller so i have a friend he said oh i'm quite tall for an Asian guy and but his height was like if you're if you go anywhere in the world you're just tall period so like right. that whole that little extra part is I thought was such a waste of air and and breath and and and, and I, I think it comes to a point where like if you're if there's so like if there's so many um, it's if it's so common Asian men taller than six feet how many times do we have to keep saying oh this guy's the exception that guy's the mm-hmm. exception he's the exception until it, it like how many times do we have to keep saying that mm-hmm. before we just have to stop and say you know what it's just back to the variation um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. topic mm-hmm. I mean they're just short uh, short and tall and average like everywhere yeah. you go right yeah. so yeah. it's like so this um so I was talking to a couple of guys and they said, oh, yeah, Ming, he's like a giant, like he's the exception, but Asian people are generally small, but he doesn't take into consideration that, I mean, if he's, he's the exception, exception but how about, <laughs> right, but how, how about like everyone else, like there's a whole range, it's him mm-hmm. and then short people and then mm-hmm. there's a whole range it's just just not one guy and then everyone else is small, right? But right. that's the kind of thing he um that these guys were putting in their heads and i just and they're not the only one myths there's so many stereotypes on both sides of the ambw equation that's like we have to somehow figure out how to get through the bull 
and into the, you know, the, the meat of the substance, which is our personalities. None of that other stuff matters. Like race doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Size doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. None of it matters. Is Does this person treat me well? Is this mm-hmm. person someone yes. I like spending yes. time with? And, and, and can I love this person? You know, right. that is essentially all that matters at the right. end of the day, you know. So that, and, that brings, yeah, sorry, go on. No, and, and I think that, you know, who you're attracted to mm-hmm. is who you're attracted to. And mm-hmm. Siobhan and I have right. had this discussion before. I don't know. It might be on one of those podcasts that will never air ever. But <laughs> the, lost but files. We, the lost files is what we'll call it. Maybe we'll do like a reel or something one day. But the lost files, we talked a whole bunch about prejudice and preferences. And I, mm-hmm. like yeah. you kind of alluded to, um, Mike, have a thing about preferences because I hear that as a defense to a lot of men who date interracially they're Asian but just won't date black women they date white women they'll date Mexican women or Hispanic women but they won't date black women and when they're asked it's just like well it's my preference you can't really hold me accountable for what Mm -hmm. I like and I agree if someone has a preference then that's just what they like but a preference means you're also open to everything else so when people start saying i only date or i've always only been attracted to you no longer have a preference it's a prejudice now to defeat the prejudice and open yourself up to the preferences of dating outside of your race and Hmm. that is the crux of why i think this isn't working um between the ambw Hmm. community right now Mm. something i just thought of now Mm -hmm. Hmm? no No, go go ahead michael yeah so something i thought of now was like okay so right as you said people are people right like it's in relationships it's about is this someone who we can care for each other right so Mm -hmm. ultimately Mm -hmm. like we're all human beings on this earth right Mm -hmm. but um but there there are um a lot of single black women and a lot of mm-hmm. single Asian Ooh, guys. Yes. So there is that need, <laughs> right? There is that need, and not. And I think some people are maybe scared of that. Like, oh, so what are you saying? We're the leftovers, or like, right. I want to be with the leftovers. So I mean, there's that mm-hmm. element of maybe a perceived shame about it. But yes, I think yes. if we can get over that, because it's just, mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, it's just a need, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong about an, there being a need. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. that I would jump on right we but love i'm not Mike. sure right i'm not I? sure if everyone else is jumping on that i think the younger generation maybe they're more into that mm-hmm. um jumping on on that but i'm mm-hmm. more than previous generations i would argue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i agree and then, i mean honestly for me i guess i think it just depends on exposure like mm-hmm. if my friend hadn't mm-hmm. mentioned it to me i just would have never really pursued it i'm so glad that i did because that's how i met sam i've mm-hmm. made some other really great friends and i think mm-hmm. sometimes honestly it's just about breaking barriers right yeah because everyone else is just as nervous as you are nobody wants to be like put down or mm-hmm. have people thinking oh my gosh that person is so ridiculous speaking from a male perspective um so i told you about some of my um um experiment experiences of rejection from a blatantly racist um way i've also have been rejected by 
able, uh, black women um, in more subtle ways that mm-hmm. has left me confused. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. this one black woman that I was very attracted to right away, she just she was very like mod- modestly dressed. She she just carried herself really you know maturely and taught communicated herself um, in a, in a way that I appreciated, and mm-hmm. um, so we we basically met in a group of friends, right? And um, okay, and so I asked her out, and her reason was really confusing for me so she, ultimately um she was in uninterested she said but the weird thing was she said she knows i have a good heart but she doesn't know me so it confused me even more that how like first of all how does she know i have a good heart if she doesn't know me and second of all if i if i if she if i do indeed have a good heart that would be a good quality in a yeah. in a partner, right? Wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I'm starting to get a lot of um, signs and signals that seem to. Um, I keep piling up in this cat uh, this uh, category in my head. That's like all the experiences I've had of people writing me off because I'm Asian. I, I know mm-hmm. that may be a little extreme, but to me, yeah. that's it. Just seems to just keep. That's piling up in that pile, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know um, what I think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Are you going to say something else? No, no. That's, that's it. But what I was going to say, like, I'm just going to put myself out there because that's what we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so relatable. And that phrase that she said, like, obviously, I'm not like the woman whisperer. I can't speak for all women. But from mm-hmm. my experience, because I definitely had a guy that my friend tried to hook me up with tell me, like, you're such a nice girl. And then he literally told me to stay golden, which is from some oh, movie yeah. in the 80s. <laughs> and I was like, what? What am I going to do with that? I've definitely been given the whole you're a nice person thing. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is when you are genuinely a nice person, but Mm -hmm. somebody's not interested, they don't know what to do with that because they don't Mm want to ghost us. They don't want to write us off because it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with this person. They're Mm -hmm. genuinely a nice person. I'm just not interested. So I Mm -hmm. feel like they give us these awkward responses. So she Mm -hmm. probably just figured, you know what? He probably is a nice guy. I'm just not interested. So I'm going to tell him this mm-hmm. and sometimes you're just left looking like what was that like mm-hmm. what just happened you know yeah. so mm-hmm. i feel like that's an everybody thing yeah mm-hmm. at well, least and here's you know i've the, experienced this here's the other thing mm-hmm. <laughs> while i have not been told i'm nice i have <laughs> <laughs> haven't Samantha. had that one yet um <laughs> don't think i will i'm already old but I, I do think, you know, from someone who who has been on the giving end of that speech at some point in my life, <laughs> it was during a time in my life where I let society decide what type of person I'm supposed to be attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. with that being said, it wasn't the nice guy because look at look around, look at the media. And then I go back to this all the time. Even with me as an author, I write tons of books with bad boys. It's that give, mm-hmm. that pull, that push and pull relationship, that that mm-hmm. friction, that that thing. Everyone's looking for it. But when you mm-hmm. get grown, like now, okay, okay, like <laughs> now, I don't want any of that. But then, like I had to though, what I don't think 
many people get a chance to do is mm-hmm. I've had many, many years to reflect upon the kind of person I want in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And change my conscious conversation to accept the person who I used to not want to give a chance because they were too nice or because they were too this or or maybe perceived to be too nice (laughs) right or maybe perceived to be too nice they just weren't they were they just weren't that what I thought what I was even say conditioned to believe was appropriate for me because I wanted Mm -hmm. that push and pull but now that I'm 36 almost um I don't want any of that. And I had ta- I've taken the last 13 years of my singlehood to really condition myself to look for the things that matter in an individual. So now that push and pull, that hot mess guy, that, you know, guy who is just like the player kind of kind of cares, kind of doesn't does not mm-hmm. appeal to me. No, it does not appeal to me. But in, in, in older years, younger years, rather. I would have been running after that guy trying to get him to notice me, trying to get him to like me, trying to do the things. Now, Siobhan knows me very well, what I will say about a person like that. And I will not give them the time of day, you know, not not a serious mm-hmm. time of day. Like mm-hmm. they don't get mm-hmm. my attention. They don't get my anything. They get me um, very superficially, very commercially, you know, because I know mm-hmm. I can't be serious with this person. But the person with the good heart, the person with the stable life, the person with the stable job, the person who's trying to do the right things in life and really finish those things strong is the person that I'm attracted to now. And I had to, though, Mike, I had to have that conversation with myself and realize, like, hey, Sam, you keep going after these train wrecks. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because you're attracted to this kind of person. But that doesn't mean you can't change that conversation in your head. And I, as a woman, um, encourage other women to do that, to change the conversation in your head on this has not been working for me. Like this type of guy, you know, that I'm Mm. usually attracted to. We don't get along well. Why am I continuously doing the same thing over and over? This is insanity. Obviously, I need to take a look at what I am accepting into my life and really try to open myself up because it's all like you said, Siobhan, earlier about breaking those barriers and those barriers can be internal, external. They're everywhere. You know, there's so many complex, mm-hmm. there's, there's such so many layers of complexity to dating, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just about breaking those internal and external barriers, I mm-hmm. think, and pushing yourself to go the extra mile and to experience the things that you would not have wanted before because those Mm -hmm. are the things those are the golden nuggets i think that you're passing up like that to her loss she lost you mike you're you i know you personally you're a good person you know you have a great heart you think critically you care about other people but have all the things that would make you know uh that makes the end game of what people want and it's so bizarre right. because people want that white picket fence they want the guy to come home they want the two-car garage they want the 2.5 kids and a dog but they keep taking it trying to make for lack of better lack of better statement they're, they're trying, trying to make, make holes into housewives <laughs> you can't do it <laughs> argue that maybe not in in her case uh the one who said i have a good heart no, maybe not in her case but i would also argue that uh, that perhaps i if i looked like 
like maybe if I wasn't Asian and I had a different racial appearance, I would get a different response, arguably. I'm just saying that because when I tie it to my other experiences in other parts mm-hmm. of my life, like my music, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I find people would do whatever... They would find anything wrong with my music to use as an excuse to write me off. Even if I was really good, that would be their excuse to say, oh, he's maybe his music's inaccessible or something. They would ma- think of something, whereas someone else from an, another uh, racial background would get opportunities left, right, and center. And there's just nothing more that this person's doing that I'm not doing. Do you know what I mean? Well, Mike, I won't say that it's not because you're Asian, but I'm, this is all part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Regard, you, you, that's the internal barrier she has to break for herself. And so she can see past what she usually will want into what she needs, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm saying her as a metaphor because I don't know this woman, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. in general, that's all, I think, a part of the conversation of breaking down barriers and, and, and opening pe- ourselves up to people and and experiences that we wouldn't have ordinarily sought and mm-hmm. well mike thank you for popping on we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us yeah thanks for having me thanks yeah. for inviting me to be a guest yep and i think I really that, that yeah. and i wish you all the best and you know that and healthy happy human and what do you have for us for our health segment so i just came back from spain and my friends got married and it was a beautiful wedding but being last Yes, right? Fabulous. I wish I was there right now. But being a last minute person that I am, I didn't go shopping for my dress until like two weeks before the wedding because I was like, I'm just going to grab something and that's it. So I purchased this dress that fit, but I needed to lose just a little extra. I don't know if anybody has ever been there before, but that's Jesus, definitely I'm what there I there every day. <laughs> just need to lose a little extra. And what... <laughs> Just a little extra. What I wanted to share with you guys um, is an app that I use to help me track my calories, my fitness, and everything was nicely integrated. It's called MyFitnessPal.com. It does have a website, which is MyFitnessPal.com, where you can get blogs, access to recipes. There's an online community, but there's also an app that you can get. It syncs up with your iWatch, your Fitbit, and all the other smart watches out there to track mm-hmm. your steps which it then converts to calories so you can say hey i did this much exercise today i can eat these additional calories it tracks your macros so that would be oh. your carbs your fats your proteins and lets you know how much you have eaten for the day and i so use it's like that a, to it's mm-hmm. like an upgraded um ww because lord forbid we yes. call them weight watchers They've rebranded. Oh, right. I'm like, we've so rebranded weird. Weird their rebrand. WW now. I don't even know what the WW means anymore, but whatever. It's like, what? It's, it's still Weight Watcher. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's like the initials. It's like, come on now. <laughs> um, but yes. And, you know, just a few more features. It has a diary. So you put in your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, how much water you're drinking. You can set your goals if you want to gain weight, lose weight, maintain weight 
how much weight you want to lose for the week. You can put progress photos in here so you can track your bust, your waist, your hips, um, and how your progress is doing over time. So I'm going to continue using this app now that I'm home so I can reach my fitness goals. Good for you. Good job. So that just so everyone knows, is that a cost to that app or what does that look like? Great question. So you guys know how I feel about spending money. So this app is free. <laughs> this app is free. <laughs> the website is free. There is a paid version if you want. And the paid version, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but the paid version takes out some of the ads that are within the app. And so it's not any pop-ups or anything like that but there are banners at the bottom of the pages. Um, and it also allows you to get really, really specific with your macros. So if there's any of you out there that are like gonna be bikini competitors or bodybuilders and you need to have very specific macronutrient intake, you can pay for that. It'll like compare your food and say, you had chicken and you had steak and which one was a better use of your um, macronutrient. So. It's pretty yeah. cool. All right. So there you go. Do something good for yourself yes. and, you know, keep track of your calories. Me, I wing it. I'm like, I feel like I could eat this mm -hmm. extra cookie because I feel like <laughs> I did okay. All right. So leaning into growth. Moving on into our Before we move Monday. on, I just want to say <laughs> before we hop over to the money, I did give up ice cream for two weeks to fit into this dress. And you guys know how I feel about ice cream. So I just feel like that needs to be acknowledged because that was really hard for me. This girl said I need a pat. On <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. That is all. All right. Okay, cool. Moving so on. pat on the back for Siobhan, everybody. She, You guys, if you've been following our podcast every week, she talks about ice cream and her deep desire mm -hmm. for ice cream. So for I her to give that it. up for two weeks is like me not going to Chipotle. And I went to Chipotle today. So um, moving on to our money, money, money. Yes. So for money this week, I just want to share a quick tidbit. Um, it's another app because everyone has their phones all the time. Why not? Um, it is called Ibotta. I-B-O-T-T-A. I have been a member for two years as of August something. And it's just a great app. It helps you save money on things you are already going to buy. Mm -hmm. So you can find your friends that are on online that also use this app. And I think this is like the coolest feature. You guys just automatically form a team because you're all friends and you know each other. And mm -hmm. so each month there's certain goals. Two of your friends um, bought bread. Two of your friends bought eggs. So now everybody gets 20 cents and you mm -hmm. get 50 cents. And so it just adds up. So you're getting free money because your friends are shopping. Yay, friends. Mm -hmm. And then you can also redeem the items that you purchase yourself. So maybe there's 50 cents off of milk this week, $3 off of Who's giving away this money? iced tea. The company. So you take a picture of your receipt and it'll highlight all of the things that were on your list that you want to purchase. And then it mm -hmm. adds the money to your account. And then when you are ready to redeem your money, you literally hit redeem and it sends money. You can get it on a um, PayPal, a Amazon gift card, 
to your bank account. Why aren't you just now telling me about this? I'm sorry. Y'all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we can we can be <laughs> we can be friends this girl. and then you can get money from my team. I mean, and you know what? Let me just say this. Hmm. It's quick, it's easy, you know, one, two, three, save some money. But it's not something that you're gonna go grocery shopping and you're gonna make twenty five dollars the first day. It's mm-hmm. long term. So you're gonna be building it over time and then maybe mm-hmm. you'll treat yourself to a nice dinner or you can put it right back into your groceries. hmm Well that's awesome. And that's we're it. gonna definitely it, have that one. Look at me, I'm like, forget the health app. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> Right, because everybody that again. Stops. <laughs> Right, it's I. You don't grocery shop. That's not You know why? Because I have been delinquent. I have been doing my DoorDash and you're gonna get more money from me than I'm gonna get from you because I have to grocery shop every week. But no, I'm getting my life back together. I will be going to the supermarket. I'm getting myself on a schedule. Um, we can have an offline conversation about some wonderful changes that I have made in my life because you know. You can look forward to Is it the first of a month? Is it a Monday? What are we doing? (laughs) It has been quite a crazy week for me, guys. Maybe next week I will share a little bit more um, with you. I'll just leave it with some of the stuff that has happened to me this week. You just can't make it up. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Well, folks, this brings us to our affirmations because we yes. love our affirmations. Siobhan, Absolutely. You know, why don't you tell us your affirmation for today? So my affirmation for today, based on the week that I had, is don't <laughs> quit, yes. just laugh. Because sometimes in the middle of things, and like, this is so serious. Like, you just want to have a breakdown. Like, you just want to legit cry mm-hmm. and be like, I'm mm-hmm. over this adulting. Like, this is crazy. Yep. Like, I was literally just thinking as I was getting ready for work today. I was like, I don't even know how people have kids and do this. Because I'm like, if I feel like this and I don't have kids, like, somebody will report me to Child Protective Services. My kids wouldn't have no clothes. They will be late to school. They have no food. They'd be like, what's wrong with you? They'd be like, our mom is having a moment. Like, I just, like, it has been. <laughs> been real crazy over here so i feel like i had to tell myself a couple of times mm-hmm. just laugh like because you literally can't do anything about your circumstances sometimes like it just is what it is in the moment and you can work toward making something better and you can work toward making changes but right now in this moment it is what it is this week has been emotional and I don't know ladies if it's because you know every month we go through a bunch of hormones but I don't know if that's what's going on or what but I mean like I was so emotional this week I was so emotional that I had to apologize to my co-worker I share an office with the young lady you didn't know that yeah no see because I've been going to bed and just doing nothing what happened oh i've always shared an office with someone and um, no but you had to apologize oh i had to apologize for bringing her into my crazy because i would just be (laughs) like i i you ever do that where you just like i know for a fact i just was a debbie downer and I brought you right in with me, you know, because I'm like, and yeah. another thing, and another thing, and another thing, and I'm and I'm freaking out over everything, and I'm just like, 
woe is me. I swear, you know, it was just ridiculous. So I had to apologize. I was like, you know, and I literally said to her, you know, I need to apologize to you because I have been quite the Debbie Downer today with or this week with my freaking out over everything, you know, and I always go to the umpteenth degree when I freak out, like I'm getting fired. And mind you, I've never been wrote up. I've never been, you know, I'm just like, I just go all the way Why are we the same person though? I don't know (laughs) because we're twins. (laughs) It's kismet. You sound like me. But I do. I do. I go all the way there. And and then I really get depressed because I have kids and I'm just like, if that happens, then this happens. Mm -hmm. And this, so my mind is gone all the way to the far life. And I'm like bringing her right with me, you know? And I just needed to apologize to her to this week because I was just so emotional. And it was so funny because all the things I was freaking out about um, this week, when it came down to it, we had a discussion about it with the with my boss, who usually is the only person who can make me freak out because she's like has so much control over my well-being. And so she didn't even care. Yeah, you know, she didn't even care about Isn't that the worst. Yeah, I'm freaking like, I'm over out. Here stressing, like whatever. Yeah, I'm over here stressing out. I'm I'm just like stressing about these issues because I'm like, oh my gosh, this person said this and this person said that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I don't know if I was overreacting, you know, in hindsight, which is to always 2020. But my boss was like, um, no, it's fine. This discussion's done. What, whatever. You know, it wasn't even a big deal when you look back at it. It's like, okay, yeah, I guess I just blew that one out the water you know and this week my to say this poem you know over and over and over and over and it really brought me through so I'll post the poem in our Facebook page for those of you who don't know but I encourage you to go and um, look it up by William Hensley this is just a phenomenal poem it you know and it spoke to me this week so that is not so much yeah, it, but that poem Invictus is ridiculously motivational for me uh, because it's brought me through some many dark nights, let me tell you. So when I was going through all of the emotions, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I need a um, lifeboat. I need a, what is the thing that you throw over the boat so it doesn't move anymore? The anchor. Anyone, anchor. I needed an anchor. And so my anchor had always been like, cause this is a poem that I would have to say over and over and over sometimes. And um, this poem became really important to me. So then this week, I think I've said it at least once a day, you know, from it. Yes. So that is our show for this week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey guys, just a reminder that Sam and I are sharing these things with you because we believe in them, we actually use them, and we're letting you know what we think works for us. We are not paid or sponsored to use or recommend any of the items that we talk about during the podcast, and we will always link to everything that we talk about in the show notes on our Facebook page, where you can find us at the Noir Professionals at Facebook and at Instagram, or you can email us at the Noir Professionals at gmail.com. 